0: This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For cables, connectors, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And buy the Ham Station. Get your new radio or antenna by calling 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's time for another episode of Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 42, the Hurricane Watch Net with Bobby Graves, KB5HAV, recorded live on Thursday, December 8th, 2016. <coughs> I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we'll be joined by... Bobby Graves, he's KB5HAV, the net manager for the Hurricane Watch Net. And uh, we'll be talking some emergency communications tonight, and we want to take your calls live. We'll do that in just a few minutes. Last week on the show, Harold Kramer, WJ1B, was here to talk about his career at the ARRL and his key collection. If you missed the show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com. Or you can catch us on the download from iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud. Or you can also catch us on YouTube. And we're on a whole bunch of other podcasting services as well, just to check your favorite one. Um, do have a few announcements uh, to make here before we uh, get started tonight. Um, first of all, uh, our t-shirt sale is uh, going to end on Saturday. So you've got, uh, got the weekend here. Um, if you're interested in one of those Ham Talk Live shirts, uh, that order is going to go in this weekend. So um, if you're interested, go to the link and um, order those. You can find that link on um, our Facebook page or the Twitter feed. They're pinned to that, so they're the first thing. Um, If you don't have either one of those, you can go to our website, HamTalkLive.com, and click on the uh, link for the show schedule, and there's a link to the t-shirt site there as well. So if you want to do that, time is running out. Also wanted to mention that uh, Christian uh, K0STH from uh, 100 Watts and a Wire, um, he and a couple of uh, guys that uh, he runs with over there in the St. Louis area. We're going to do a, a National Parks on the Air activation on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central Time. They're they're going to activate the St. Louis Arch, and uh, that may be your last chance to get the Arch before the end of the year, so I uh, wanted to mention that, so good luck to them. They're going to freeze, I think, but um, Saturday, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central Time, they'll be um, all over a bunch of different bands, so... Uh, Check the spotting uh, clusters uh, for that. But uh, the Gateway Arch, if you're trying to get that for National Parks on the Air, that'll be one of your last chances, if not the last uh, chance to get that one. Um, Also, I wanted to mention next week uh, we have a very special show we've been planning for quite some time. Um, We have a comedian coming on the show next week, Rick Garrett, N9GSU, will be here to do some comedy, and he's going to do a little routine, and and we'll do some, some stuff, some fun stuff. But we're looking for some stories from you all. We're looking for the funniest thing you've ever heard on the air. So I wanted to give you a little notice. So next week, have a story ready to go about something really funny that you um, have heard on the air and call in and, and share that with everybody. Um, so be thinking about it, and uh, we'll be sure to take those calls next week. Uh, really looking forward to uh, to having uh, Rick come on the show and, and do a little comedy. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we've got a couple of other guests that uh, just uh, signed on today, so we'll be talking about that soon. A couple of those were... Um, were a little bit of a surprise, but a very pleasant surprise, so uh, we'll be letting you know about those uh, as we get all the details worked out. So right now, we need to talk MCOM, so get your MCOM questions ready to go, your Hurricane WatchNet questions ready to go, and uh, after we do the introduction, uh, the interview, you can call us on Skype, that username is hamtalklive, or you can call us by telephone, That number is 812-NET-HAM-1. 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. You can also tweet us a question. Our Twitter handle is at HamTalkLive. And uh, if you're on Spreaker, you can even uh, post a comment there in the chat section right here at HamTalkLive.com. So, I'll be back with Bobby Graves right after this word from The Ham Station right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by The Ham Station. For over 37 years, the Ham Station has sold new and used radios, antennas, accessories, and equipment to hams everywhere. Give Dan or Jeff a call at 800-729-4373 or order online at HamStation.com. Ham Station carries all the major brands like Icom, Yaesu, and Kenwood, and they have a wide selection of radio scanners, MFJ accessories, Heil Sound products, and. Amplifiers by Mirage and Ameritron, Cushcraft antennas, and more. Easy online ordering is at hamstation.com or call 1-800-729-4373 to place an order and talk it over with the experts. The Ham Station, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. We're not sure what's up with the fifth dentist, but four out of five dentists recommend listening to Ham Talk Live. welcome back to ham talk live the ham station as you covered for both new and used equipment give dan or jeff a call at 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com and tell them you heard it on ham talk live if you have some uh Stocking stuffers you need. I'm sure they can help you out with those too. Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here at hamtalklive.com. And if you miss the show, you can listen to the archive on the website or download it from most popular podcasting websites. Our guest this evening is Bobby Graves Jr., KB5 HAV. He entered the world of electronics repair. After college in 1979 and 1992, he created and managed a biomedical electronics service department for a local company that went nationwide just two years later. In addition, he built and maintains computers and networks, designed software, facilitated training to his staff and management to use those products. In 1994, Bobby created and managed a research and development department, in which he created new technologies and techniques. Um, He was forced into a medical retirement in early 1999 after 20 years in the business, including uh, patient care and EMT services. Bobby became a ham radio operator um, in July of 1988 and quickly upgraded to General. And in the fall of '88. He learned uh, about Skywarn, and the National Weather Service office in Jackson, Mississippi, was interested in starting up a program. Over the next few months, he and some friends helped create Mississippi Skywarn. He began training weather spotters, became an emergency coordinator, and by the middle of uh, 1990, became a district emergency coordinator. And with the aid of some close friends, he helped create the RACES group for Mississippi as well. After his forced medical retirement, Bobby began working closely with various HF nets on the 20-meter band. He was fortunate to be in the right place at the right time and um, to be a part of several rescue operations as well as running some phone patches, if you remember those, for missionaries and doctors in Haiti, Honduras, Guyana, and Nicaragua. Over the years, he's created and maintained websites for the Maritime Mobile Service Network and the Hurricane Watch Net. From October 2002 to September 2006, Bobby served as the assistant net manager for the Hurricane Watch Net, and in April 2013, he was appointed net manager. Bobby is a great example of someone with a disability, utilizing his abilities with amateur radio and uh he uh, believes that all others can do the same so good evening bobby thank you and welcome to, uh to ham talk live
1: good evening Neil. it's uh, great to be here tonight
0: well let's start off just talking a little bit about the beginnings of the hurricane watch net give us a little history on the net and um how and why it came into existence
1: yeah real fine uh Hurricane Washington was formed back in uh, uh, Labor Day weekend of 1965 by um, uh, Jerry Murphy, K-8-Y-U-W, of uh, Cleveland, Ohio. At the time, uh, he was in the Navy, in the, uh, what they call the Navy Seabees, or Con- Construction Battalion. He was stationed up at uh, Rhode Island, and uh, during that time, when he wasn't on uh, duty... Uh, he was uh, participating with a net uh, called the, uh, back in those days, it was called the Inter- Intercontinental Amateur Traffic Net, now known as Intercon, which is a net on uh, 14300. Uh, but back in that day, it was operating on uh, 14320. Well, the day he was on when um, uh, Labor Day weekend, uh, there was a lot of uh, people asking about a hurricane named Betsy that was moving through the Bahamas. And it was getting to be a, a lot of uh, commotion going on the air and uh, was sort of disrupting the normal flow of traffic that they had on that net. Uh, so Jerry asked the uh, net manager if he could uh, move everyone that was interested in the hurricane up to 14325, and the net manager agreed, you know, go ahead go ahead and do that. Well, there's a lady friend of his that was uh, down in the uh, country of Panama that followed him up to 14325, and they began to... Uh, uh, relayed the information uh, between stations that was in uh, the Bahamas and Florida and then trying to gather the latest weather data from the National Hurricane Center to, to pass it on to those in the Bahamas. And, of course, you know, as the storm was approaching the uh, south end of Florida, uh, people were interested because, you know, 1965, we didn't have cable or satellite TV. Uh, barely had one uh, satellite in, a weather satellite in orbit, but <laughs> it didn't do, whole, do a whole lot. So everybody was interested, you know, what's going on with this storm? And, of course, the storm came through the Bahamas, went through the south end of uh, Florida, and then a couple of days later, uh, throughout that Labor Day weekend of 1965, it slammed into southeastern Louisiana. And in 1965 dollars, it created, cost over 1 billion, with a B, 1 billion dollars worth of damage. And it earned the storm the name Billion Dollar Betsy. And, um... After that, this, uh, Jerry and a bunch of folks started gathering together and trying to um, uh, formalize the net and it just grew from there.
0: Well, these things do happen. And we were talking before the show that uh, Mother Nature seems to be. Uh complaining a lot <laughs> here lately with the hurricanes and the, and the earthquakes and everything. And so there's, there's a real need for that. And, of course, before uh, we had all the uh, weather satellites and all the great technology, uh, we, we really needed it, and, and we still need it now. Um, and so tell us a little bit about uh, what the role is of the Hurricane Watch Net these days. Um, and what information you collect and, and what information you pass over ham radio
1: yeah real fine well it's just like with um, local skywarn nets. Uh, i know that a lot of folks in this day and age think well you know we've got all the fancy doppler radar we've got uh, a lot of nice uh, uh, weather satellites that are in orbit we've got the um, united states air force and even the NOAA hurricane hunters that fly in the storm together all kind of data you know, why do, why do we need uh, ham operators to help out during these storms? Well, it's just like with your local uh, Skywarn net. Um, with all this new data technology we have, it's great. But there's something about what God gave us with their own eyes, ears, the things we're able to see. If we are in a position where we can see this is what the storm is doing, and with weather instruments, we can tell the, the forecaster, this is where the wind is coming from, at what speed. We're seeing this kind of damage, so on and so forth. That's valuable data to the forecasters because they're trying to use all this information to figure out what's going on at the surface, at sea level. And there's been many occasions where we'll have information from some of our reporting stations. We'll feed that back to the forecasters, and they may come back and ask can you clarify that again? Because our instruments are showing the center of the storm is at this location, and we'll come back and give them the information and say, well, due to the information you gave us, that'll let us know the storm is not where we thought it is. It's, you know, maybe 10 or 15 miles further south or in a different direction. Um, I remember there was one storm, I believe it was in around 2002, and it uh, was moved, it, done, it already crossed uh, Cuba, and was moving through the Bahamas, and looking at satellite imagery, it looked like the storm was falling apart. Because what happened? All the cloud tops had done got blown off. Well, we were getting reports from uh, sailboats out there with uh, wind speeds up around ninety miles per hour or better. Well, that's letting you know it's a strong Category One hurricane. Well, the people, the uh, people in the Bahamas were getting ready to lower the warning uh, status from a hurricane warning down to a tropical storm warning. Well, back in that day, uh, Max Mayfield was the director of the National Hurricane Center. Well, he got on the phone, called the directors of, um, of the Bahamas, said, look, uh, don't lower your status uh, from hurricane, uh, hurricane warning down to tropical storm warning. You've still got hurricane-force winds out there, so, you know, keep it up. And there's been a lot of occasions like that, and um, reports we've, we've gotten will help um, – uh, give a, a better report about what's going on with the storm. Um, one of the ones that really blew my mind is, is sort of an uh, in- interesting story. When I uh, first joined the uh, hurricane uh, back in uh, 2000, the first storm we uh, worked that year was a storm by the name of Keith. It hit around o- October of that year. And what was uh, interesting is the, the that storm hit the, uh, island, hit the uh, country of Belize. And there was at one time that storm before uh, just hours before it made landfall uh i was um one of the net controls at the time and i got a report that the winds was so strong out of the north that it blew all the water out of the bay of chetamal and it, it and people were out walking on what used to be <laughs> this big lake wow. and <laughs> and I'm thinking, this ain't good. Please, guys, oh, yeah. tell them to get out of there because when that water comes back in, you're, you know, it's going to be ugly. Mm-hmm. We got that report into the Hurricane Center, and um, uh, Stacy Stewart, who is one of the uh, 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 hurricane specialists, got word of it. And not only did he uh, send – instead of sending word back to the uh, radio stations there at, located at the National Hurricane Center, he got on there himself and said, please – tell those folks to get out of there because when the water comes back, they're going to drown. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, but can you imagine you living in an area, been there all your life and and you see this bay that's been always full of water, but yet all of a sudden it's empty (laughs) from this storm. (laughs) You know, you got these people probably thinking what in the world's going on here? (laughs) So, uh, but you you know, you find amazing things that happen and uh, because uh, outside the united states a lot of the uh, countries throughout the caribbean they don't have all the technologies that we have plus they don't even have their own weather service um uh, they get the majority of their weather uh from the united states and a lot of it uh comes uh, by way of ham radio
0: well it sounds like uh it's very similar to you know around this area we're, we're spotting tornadoes and and looking at that but the radar can only go down so far and the radar can only see certain things, so you need those eyes and ears out there um, in the field to uh, to observe those things and report it back. And uh, it's, uh, there's no replacement for that uh, human connection there to, to see all of those things. Now, in, in your area then, in your SkyWarn training, um, do you uh, have a special hurricane spotters kind of thing where we kind of focus on tornadoes here. Um, Do you have certain um, criteria that you're looking for um, specifically, or is that kind of the same, same kind of thing?
1: so that's that's an interesting question. Um, With, with, of course, with Skywarn, you're trained uh, with people here in the United States as certain things to uh, look for as far as the cloud patterns. So you start looking for what they call a wall cloud, and or uh, start looking for rotation uh, difference between a funnel cloud and that of a uh, actual tornado. Um, but as far as uh, you know, spotting hurricanes, well, we've got big satellites that are really good at doing that part. Sure. Uh, where, where where we come in at is to try to get the actual um, uh, uh, ground truth data of what's actually going on at the surface. And um, as to confirm or unconfirm what the wind speeds are, some uh, you know on some of these hurricanes, the, uh, wind, the the wind field, as far as the hurricane strength winds, may only stand out like uh, 10 to 15 miles, kind of like it did with uh, uh, Hurricane Otto that hit uh, on Thanksgiving Day, uh, uh, just a, few, uh, a couple of weeks or so ago. Uh, then you've got other storms like uh, like uh, uh, Katrina back in 2005. Well, those hurricane-force winds may extend outwards up to um, 150 miles. And uh, so there's a lot of discrepancy on, on the storms and on how they form and how, uh, how big they get. And, and by having uh, spotters or reporting stations, as we call them, that can give us we- uh, uh, weather information, we'd like to get uh, everything measured if possible. Of course, there's our, there are ways you can uh, estimate wind speed. And it's called uh, using the Beaufort Wind Scale. And if you're unfamiliar with that, you can visit our website at HWN.org. And there's a link at the top that's called Useful Tools. Click on that and there's a link that after that. It's called Beaufort Wind Scale. But anyway, uh it gives you a lot of information on how you can look at how the wind is doing and and guess uh give a really good estimate of what the wind wind speed is from from that. But um if the if they're calling for, like, 75-mile-per-hour winds at, say, like, um, we'll just pull in a, a town out of the hat, now say, like, in Miami, Florida, well, they're only getting maybe 25 miles, but then you go further south, well, that's where the 75-mile-per-hour winds are at. We get that information to the forecasters. That will let them know, well, maybe the center of the storm is moving a little bit further south than what we were expecting, and that can allow them to know what to uh give a correction on the uh, the path of the storm. Um,
0: and those change constantly.
1: They constantly change. And that's another thing we always try to alert folks to is, uh, when you're looking at that fine dotted line that's showing where the track of it is, <laughs> that's that, like you say, that can change. Uh, if you're in that, in that big swath or even in just the warning area, then you need to watch out because I mean, that's the storms can change. And, um, and sometimes, you know, uh, a, a really great storm story I've, I've seen was uh, back in 1985. We had a storm that name, was named, uh, the storm was named Elena. It came across Cuba and it came right across the Gulf of Mexico. It looked like it was going to hit Gulfport, Mississippi. And then about halfway up the Gulf, uh, the storm made a 90 degree turn and it starts heading towards uh, the Tampa Bay, uh, Florida area. Well, I happened to be on the uh, Gulf Coast that night. or or that day uh, working on uh, equipment, and I knew the storm was heading that direction. When I got home about midnight, I turned on the TV to see, well, how bad is uh, Tampa getting hit? Well, they're not getting hit at all. There's hurricane warnings back from Mississippi because that storm made a 180 turn (laughs) and started coming right back to Gulfport, Mississippi. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) So so like like we say, when they show what that dotted line is, you know, pay attention, but don't let that be, you know, well, I'm outside of that uh, line, so I'm safe. No. Yeah, <laughs> These storms sure. get, can't change. And as I say, when you think you got Mother Nature figured out, she will change on you slowly. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, we do need to take a break. But before we do, um, I want to jump in a little bit to how hams can help with the net. And, and it may be as simple as, stay off this frequency, you know, uh, to keep the frequencies clear. I know that was uh, an issue with uh, some of the, the big ones that you've had to deal with this year um, and who should report and who shouldn't and what you should report. So give us a quick rundown of how hams can interact or um, help the interaction that needs to take place uh, with the net. Yeah, Sure. Yeah, I
1: wouldn't say we don't want anybody on the frequency. I mean, we need people around to listen, and uh, I mean, we, we welcome people to to uh, to listen. But uh, follow the lead of the net control operator because what what we're looking for, we'll always announce the areas that we're looking to get information out of, and such information we're looking for is uh, uh, wind speed, wind direction, wind gust. Uh, if, you're, if your uh, information is measured or estimated, we always prefer the um, measured data, but we'll take estimated. Uh, if you are using measured uh, measuring equipment, let us know the height and location of your ananometer. Uh, that's very important. Um, say, for instance, you've got your ananometer, which is your uh, wind speed uh, uh, indicator. If you've got it mounted on the gabled end of your house, it's maybe only like two or three feet above the gable, your information is going to be wrong. Because when wind hits the, uh, a pitched roof, will actually that wind will speed up trying to get over it. So you may be indicating 50-mile-per-hour winds when all actuality may be 25. <laughs> so knowing the location of that ananometer is, uh, is important to us as well. Other information we're looking for is uh, if you have a barometer, let us know what the uh, bar- barometric pressure is. Uh, it's trend, whether it's falling or rising. Uh, how much rain uh, over X amount of time on the rainfall you're getting. Uh, any damage reports uh, from your location, if it's safe to get that. If you're close to the uh, coastal area and it's safe to do so, let us know what the storm surge is doing. The, the uh, forecasters this year uh, started putting out uh, 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 storm surge warnings, and they're trying to get a better grasp on that how, uh, due to the size and strength of the storm on how much the storm surge will do. And then also know how much rainfall is uh, coming down uh, they may have to up the, the the forecast on the overall rainfall as the storm moves in, further inland. And um, that's the type of information we're looking for. Wind, wind speed, wind gust, wind direction, barometric pressure, uh, damage, and storm surge. And all that information is uh, very vital uh, to helping the forecasters give a more accurate uh, forecast on uh, what the storm's doing and where it's headed.
0: All right, great information, and uh, we'll give some people a chance to call in and ask some questions when we come back. But we will take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back to take your calls right after this message from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you in part by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's dime store since 1978. When you need connectors, mobile and handheld antennas, cables, or adapters, visit Scott or Jill at a HamFest near you. Or you can order online at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL259 and in connectors, SMA adapters, audio cables, soldering supplies, mobile antennas, and hamsticks. Their silver-plated in connectors are even used on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics carries MFJ, Comet, Dioa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro products. And don't miss their 0% off sale going on now. Tower Electronics online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. QSL That, big boy. This is Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812 NET Ham 1. That's 812 638 4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Scott and Jill over at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show once again tonight to help bring you Ham Talk Live. They will be at the Tampa, Florida Hamfest this weekend before returning home to Green Bay, Wisconsin uh, for a little bit of a break. Call 920-435-2973 if you can't make it to Tampa or visit their website at pl-259.com and tell them you heard it on Ham Talk Live. And be sure to listen to Ham Talk Live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time right here at hamtalklive.com. Also check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed, just search for Ham Talk Live. So it is time for your calls now. So if you have a question about the Hurricane Watch Net or some of this uh, Skyworn stuff we've been talking about, um, give uh, Bobby your question by calling 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Uh, if you've got Mike Fright, you can tweet us at ham talk live. You can, uh, send your question in that way as well, but give us a call that again, the number 812 net ham one, 812 638 to ask your questions of Bobby Graves, the hurricane watch net manager, uh, while we're waiting on those calls to roll in here, Bobby, um, wanted to ask you about a story or two uh where um there was uh, directly lives uh, saved as a result of um some of these nets that uh, you're involved in
1: that's a very good question um one comes to mind right off the bat uh over the past well since about 2005 the the Number of landfalling hurricanes has just been very, very small, and especially here in the United States. And I know a lot of the uh, forecasters I've talked to, and even a lot of uh, uh, emergency managers, have uh, admitted to uh, something known as uh, hurricane am- hurricane amnesia. Uh, folks, it's just been such a long time since we've had any uh, type of uh, storm to cause any uh, really bad damage or a lot of lives being lost. But um, when Hurricane uh, Matthew uh, a a couple months ago was uh, forming and getting geared up really uh, big and strong uh, just off of the uh, uh, Nicaragua-Colombian coast and grew up to be a uh, a very strong Category 5 hurricane with maximum sustained winds at 160 miles per hour, first Cat 5 storm we've had in the Atlantic Basin since uh, 2007, which was um, Felix that hit Nicaragua, uh uh n07 um the storm was just sitting there stalled. it would move a little bit and and not uh not go anywhere but but it kept looking like it was going hit either jamaica or either uh haiti then move on up to cuba uh, the bahamas and then who knows after that but while it was um after the storm started getting a better idea of where it was going uh, I just sent an email blast to a lot of, uh, ham friends that I have in uh, Jamaica as well as, uh, uh, Haiti. And to my amazement, it's like two days away now. Uh, uh, a couple of guys there in Haiti sent me an email back saying, thanks for letting us know about this, but you're not going to believe it. The country of Haiti has not even told us anything about a hurricane being in the Atlantic. Uh, thanks for letting us know. Uh, how bad is it? I said, it's just not a hurricane. This is a cat five right now, and it's coming towards you. And whether or not it makes landfall there on uh, Haiti, the amount of rain that's forecast, which is upwards of uh, 40 inches of rain up in the mountain areas, that's going to create a lot of uh, flooding and mudslides. And the day before the storm actually hit Haiti, uh, one of the same guys called me back. And he actually picked up the phone and called me. He said, you're not going to believe it. The, uh, the government of Haiti just finally let us know there is a hurricane coming, but not to worry, it's not going to be that bad. <laughs> I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. This is still a Cat 4 storm at 145 miles per hour. Please, whatever you can do. I know uh, it's just a few hams that are on the there in Haiti, but if you can, just keep on, like I told you the other day, keep spreading the word across the country to do whatever you can to secure, to help, uh, protect yourselves. I know it's going to be tough. And, uh, I know it's a poor country, uh, getting the word spread across, is going to be, pro- uh, being tough, but you know, this is a killer storm coming. So do whatever you can to do that. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, the, my contacts there, they survived, but, uh, there's quite a few that did not. And that's a country that got devastated just like uh, Eastern Cuba did. But, um, I'm glad I sent out those email blasts to, to uh, folks in those regions, of course, like I did, trying to reach out to those that I could find in um, uh, throughout the Bahamas. Uh, and, of course, as the storm started getting towards the United States, uh, then I also sent out an email blast to the um, ARRL section managers, uh, uh, division directors, and uh, state uh, emergency coordinators uh, throughout the region that it looked like was going to be hit. So they would know if, um, we'd be there and anything we could do to help uh, before, during, and after the storm. So, um, uh, but yeah, uh, it, it's hard to say what's how many lives you actually saved when you start seeing afterwards. There was a lot that perished, but um, you know it is better than. I wouldn't. I just hate to know what would happen if I hadn't, because I, I would not have been able sure. to sleep with myself. So that's um, so best we can do is just get out before, and then of course while we're on the air, keep letting people know this is what the storm's doing, and whether we're getting um ham operators coming back we do know this there's a lot of uh people throughout the caribbean that are shortwave listeners and i get emails from uh from various folks uh in various locations that say thank you thank you for being there you're you are our only means of getting weather information of what the storm's doing where it's forecast to go and allowing us to know whether it's safe to get out what to do and so on and so forth
0: Uh, well that's uh it's a great service that uh, you and the hams uh, that are involved are offering to the, all of those people. So we we are very grateful and thankful that uh, that you and your team are uh, are taking this on and doing that. So congratulations on on all of that. And and uh, yeah, it's hard to believe that they uh, they wouldn't have a, a warning on a Cat Five hurricane, but um, that's that's the kind of thing that happens so uh, we're lucky to to have that uh, resource here uh eight one two net ham one is the telephone number eight one two six three eight four two six one We'd like to get your calls in here. We have just a few minutes left so uh, if you have a chance, give us a call or give us a tweet here if you have a question about the hurricane watch net or uh, Skywarn. Uh, or uh, just a question for Bobby? You, uh, let us know. Um, we have just uh, a few minutes left. Eight one two Net Ham one eight one two six three eight four two six one. Call now. So uh, we'll keep waiting here and see if uh, see if we pick up anybody. Um, we do have a you know a few minutes here. Um, what do you see um, as the, the near future of the, uh, the Hurricane Watch Net? What are you looking for um, coming up? Are there any major changes you're looking at making? Um, I know we've, uh, we've heard that uh, some of the emergency alert tones have been updated. There's some, some new ones um, for next season. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, the future of, of what you expect to uh, to come for the Hurricane Watch Net.
1: Well, the biggest thing I've been working on is to increase our, well, just not our numbers, to uh, get members in locations that were like in states or maybe countries we don't have any. But I'm also uh, working to increase the number of bilingual operators because since we're now a 24-hour operating net, uh, prior to the 2011 season, um, the hurricane wasn't per- pretty much operated on 20 meters only on uh, 14325, And, um, uh, that's pretty much always bothered me. And, uh, because storms make landfall at nighttime and 20 meters at nighttime, you know, it fades away until the next morning when prop- propagation comes back. And in 2011, we started uh, uh, testing the idea of operating on uh, 40, possibly even 75 meters. That was during uh, Hurricane Irene. We tried again in uh, 2012 with um, uh, Isaac and uh, Superstorm Sandy. Um, and when I became uh, uh, net manager in 2013, I just made it our protocol. When we when the storm when we, when we need to activate for a storm, we're going 24 seven until no longer a threat. And since these storms uh, affect a lot of areas that uh have Spanish speaking uh people say like Mexico, uh Honduras, Nicaragua, uh different of the uh, some of the uh, uh Caribbean islands. Um we need to have, have people that, that can help, you know, translate uh, Spanish into English and vice versa. And uh I've been working to uh increase those numbers and hope we're out of a, a membership of forty. We've got ten members now that are, are fully bilingual. Actually, we got one guy that's, uh, that speaks five languages. Uh, wow. he's, the, he's there in the um, on the island of Aruba. Uh, P Lima. His name is named Alessandro. He's the um, meteorologist uh, at the at the uh, airport there in in, uh, in uh, Aruba. Uh, I can't remember all the languages he speaks. I know he speaks uh, Spanish, English, uh, French, Italian, and then uh, the. Uh, language they use there in the islands, I forget the the, the name of that language, but he, he speaks five languages fluently even, but um, but we're looking to uh, du- uh, I'd love to double that number over the next uh, five to ten years, and we're also in the process of um, uh, vamp, revamping our website and, and getting into uh, you know what we're doing here, podcasting, uh, looking to uh, create a uh, podcast for the uh, for the Hurricane Watch Net to help out on. Um, um, uh, outreach and education, uh, something that, uh, Dr. Rick Nabb is, uh, really pushing for. So, uh, we're looking forward to, uh, getting that kicked off, uh, uh, spring of, of, uh, 2017.
0: Ah, sounds great. Hey, we've got a couple of, uh, tweets here from Dr. Scott Wright, K0MD. Um, he wants to know a couple of things. Uh, first of all, he does spend some time, uh, in Turks and Caicos, especially during CQ worldwide. Um, so he wants to know if you've got any, uh, anybody, uh, involved in the net from that area. And then the other thing, um, is he wants to know if you've used any digital modes to transmit, um, any kind of data or images, um, over the air, um, in addition to, um, you know the uh, the raw data. Are are you able to transmit any pictures or uh, use uh, D Star or or um, anything like that to or Winlink to uh, to transmit those?
1: Well, Doctor Scott, I appreciate the question. And um, yeah, we used to have a, 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 a net member there on the Turks and Caicos, uh, um, a Burl a VP5 uh, DB Delta Bravo uh he's been quite busy over the past few years uh other things going on uh hope one day we can get him back involved with us but um as far as the digital stuff we uh years ago uh, one of our co-founders for the uh hurricane net had a um uh, amtor uh run in FEC mode uh to transmit weather data this was back before the uh, days of the internet and um i He uh, was uh, uh, Colonel Don K, K K-0-I-N-D, lives down in uh, Panama City Beach, Florida. And he was able to get a direct uh, weather feed from the um, uh, local weather office uh, to his house and then in turn would send out some of the uh, weather, uh, all the uh, tropical weather data uh, as far as the advisories, bulletins, so on and so forth uh, by way of AMTOR to our other uh, members and anybody else that could receive it. And, of course, you know, nowadays with the Internet, you can get almost instantly by various means. But uh, to answer your question, w- one thing I'm looking at is the idea of using WinLink uh, for uh, forwarding data into the Hurricane Center in case there is an Internet blackout. Say, for instance, uh, the center loses um, uh, 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 means of getting data in. Uh, maybe we can get some pictures in from different locations and that are used as attachments that may be sent to one of our members. Then, we, of course, we can forward that onto the uh, Hurricane Center as well. So, yeah, we're looking at, at that. We're not using it now, but uh, we are giving those uh, ideas some test.
0: Very good. Sounds like some uh, promising use of the digital technology uh, coming ahead. Well, we are out of time, so... Uh, I want to thank you for uh, being there, and uh, that is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. I'd like to thank my guest, Bobby Graves, KB5HAV, and all the listeners out there in cyberspace, and uh, for Scott for tweeting in, and invite you back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, uh, Rick Garrett, N9GSU, will be here to do some comedy, so be thinking about the funniest things you've heard on the air, and Be ready to call in with those. Recall your funniest stories. Give us a call next week with yours. For a list of all of our upcoming guests, visit hamtalklive.com. For now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours.